Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I'm so excited to have on a 49-year-old from Cardiff, Wales. He's been running amok in the Shed's Honey Hole for 33 years and has probably dominated Chippy Lane a time or two. But he is best known for making various Welsh arenas the best atmosphere in the UK. He dazzled with light shows and nailed the song choices as the DJ. And... Made everyone in those barns' hair stand up on the back of their necks by serenading us with the Welsh National Anthem. He has created some of the best memories in Devil's history by putting them into beautiful videographer, videography artwork. Such as the intro video for games and my personal favorite, the Wally Knight video. And I finally get to say thank you to him. Welcome to my shed, Paul Sullivan. Hey Wally, how's it going? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm awesome, man. Really good to be here. Really yeah. good to be here. Um, I get into how we know each other. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I got this written down and everything. But so there was a Wally night in Cardiff, Wales. But what nobody would know except for yourself and I is that you started that. <laughs> uh, inadvertently, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You um, were getting in touch with me because you mentioned yourself and some fans really wanted me to come over so you brought up the uh uk charity all-stars event right yeah 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 i was involved with that for quite a while it's uh it's a hell of a thing you know it's it's just a runaway train now it's it's raised hundreds of thousands and i had james pepper on there he was a captain of one of the squads oh pep is just awesome i mean his whole family does so much for different charities and helps people out but pep's a first class guy and um and yeah, it just, you know, we were talking about a situation where we might be able to get an import, you know, for, for a, a couple of the teams. And I said, well, we got to get guys who are going to either like really entertain and sell tickets, or we're going to get guys that are really going to get everybody juiced up right. or both. And then you just like tick both boxes straight off. <laughs> So I said, well, we got to talk about Wally, guys, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. is he East Coast, is he going to be a cheap flight? But <laughs> no, um, yeah, so we just started talking about stuff like that. And then I reached out and I I probably had a conversation or six with Todd about it because he always was very supportive of the All-Stars. Yeah. And um, and I think that's what, what came back to him then for the official Wally night. Well, and um, I actually still had the message in my phone from our back and forth. And because uh, I, you know, when you're out of the game and like you got nothing really to do with it. And then all of a sudden someone starts talking to you about coming back to Cardiff and seeing everybody and like getting to be that guy again for a day or two. Yeah. Um, you don't forget that shit. So I actually reread the message again um, that you had sent me saying, 
um like good that we're not relying on my memory man <laughs> yeah no it was um that the all-stars wasn't going to work out something to do with like it was only there was only for a launch night and i wasn't going to be playing any games or it wasn't happening i don't know what was going on but then um you mentioned it to todd and you wrote in there that you uh read his mind and that he'd like to do a Brent Walton appreciation night. And then that turned into Wally night, which um, that was you putting the bug in his ear. So thank you, sir. Cause it, it did change my life. That brought me back that night. It changed and- a lot of ours too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <clears throat> oh, mate, we've never been the same in Cardiff. <laughs> I think for as well, for, you know, for me and for a lot of people, um, we've been very lucky with the new organization, the way that they treat, guys yeah and the way that they look after guys and there's been a lot of um thought about things like legacy and stuff where i don't want to get into a cliche but you know and, and you you fell into one of those uh categories of of guys that we didn't feel got able to say a proper goodbye uh, there's be a I mean? few of them right yeah as quite a few guys that we didn't feel got the ovation that they should have had at the end or didn't have the chance you know um like tyson for example yeah, you know, Marshy, yeah. um, a couple of guys, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, seeing what you did, I mean, thankfully for my the shape of my sleep pattern, I didn't see it firsthand what you did for the guys in the room, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard stories apparently, you you know, you can't unsee it once you see it. Um, well, but knowing how well you juiced the guys up and got everybody going. We just we we wanted to get that infectious kind of thing and 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 bottle it a bit. I had a lot of fun. I think everybody's aware of that. But like you know, I I don't when you're when you guys were doing all that for me, I was like, well, they better get their money's worth. Um, <laughs> so um, when I was doing the pregame speech, you know, you want it to be good and you want it to be memorable. If they're gonna fly me all the way over there, and then. Um, and then they're trying to get the standing block going too. So I thought I'd try and help out there too, right? Yeah. But what's interesting to me is uh, after that background I mentioned and how you kind of got the ball rolling, and I've always wanted to thank you for it, is I never even got to speak with you that no. weekend. I never even <laughs> I saw you. See at all. Everybody had a piece of Wally, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy how fast it all went, but you were yeah. up like up top, I think, right? In the arena. Oh, like with the you... other 8,500 people that we have in the gantry. Every week. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyways, I just wanted to say thank you. So oh, no problem, man. Thank you. Um. Cause yeah, that brought me back. That reminded me how much I like being the hockey Wally guy instead of the, you know, business Brent all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. Now NBA I'm myself thing. all the time, right? Like, you know, when Mate, I first got uh, back, know, I, I actually. About, if we're but, talking about thanks, you know, from my side of things, you talk about you. You were very kind with saying about the video montages, which is has always been one of my passions and one of my favorite pieces of involvement. You know, my biggest privilege, and and there's a couple of images down the years of all of the different Devils teams that they'll never be not used, you know, John Lola shooting the clock, that, that kind of stuff, you know, and you and Colby, from my perspective, that's, that's, that was devil's TV, solid 24 karat gold, you know? Yeah. Him just running along on the ice behind you. And, and I'd be holding on to like his hood. Guys. Yeah. Oh man. I was like, I just couldn't get enough of that. I still have like uh, four of the pictures of him running on the ice with me holding on to him. And, uh, 
Yeah, like he actually just YouTubed it the other day. He put in, I think it was his name or something, and there was a video of him running around the big blue tent throwing snowballs at the fans. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, mean, I heard, I heard um, you know, that Todd's recent episode, and you were talking about that and talking about him playing. And what an awesome thing that would be to to have him skate on Cardiff Ice, you know? Oh, it would be really cool to see both of my kids skate on Cardiff yeah, Ice. Yeah. And, yeah, play like as a line someday. But um, no, like uh, Colby's a player. And I I know people may think I'm just a crazy dad talking about my son, but... Um, that didn't fall far from the tree there, man. I mean, you know, you had the odd skill sex. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like the skinnier, faster version of me. <laughs> but yeah, he's as competitive as anybody. And I don't think he can teach that, like, kids got issues when it comes to winning and losing so well you say about the skinnier faster vision that's what we would have had the second year right i was skinnier and i was faster do you remember that remember that i think there was like an aberture as well yeah (laughs) 171 pounds folks i weighed in 171 pounds and folks that's when you get injured when you get too skinny you get too fast (laughs) and then you put yourself in vulnerable positions because you're faster than you're supposed to be Did Lodo have something to do with reaching the 120, 171? Oh, he wouldn't leave me alone. It was it was so annoying. <laughs> I had you to know, write down everything that went in my mouth like all summer. <laughs> and I was fudging the numbers and he was still getting mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, his first email back to me when I sent him my list for the week and I had fudged numbers, folks. And his response from his dietitian fancy fella said, This guy will not be losing the the target weight or however much weight we're looking to lose. He, in fact, would be gaining weight by eating like this. And that just ripped into me. So whoever that was, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hey, anyways, uh, that first game, know. though, I was too fast. And I tried to split the D, which I never would be able to do before. And then the guy took my knee out, you know? Yeah. Too skinny. I, 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 I never asked you this beforehand, but is this R-rated or is this triple? This is, is whatever you want it to be. It's your okay. trip to but the shed. If you don't mind me saying, you were the, the butt of possibly Todd's greatest line ever that I've heard. And one What's of the that? funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So I, I wanted to talk to you about the Challenge Cup final because I wanted to to get your input on it. But we were in the in the, the bar across the, the pub across the street from uh, from the Sheffield Arena. Okay. 2015 and we, we were very lucky i was celebrating with the guys and, and a few of us were celebrating with you guys first time i properly spoken to the owners you know and um and all the boys were talking about what they were going to do that summer you know i could see lodo looking at you thinking oh my god is, is he gonna go is he gonna go do a ricky hatton and just balloon out like and uh and everyone's going on oh, going skiing I think Huddy was going to be living up a mountain in a in branch of a tree like for a, a <laughs> yeah. month or two or whatever and uh, and somebody turned around and said to you, hey, Wally, uh, what are you going to do this summer? And Todd went, go to the fucking gym, I hope. <laughs> That's you, just and, mean. You just you just stomped him back though, put him back in his place. But uh, that was that's probably why you were angry and forget the ban, right? The lifetime ban on the hotel. Well, that wasn't my fault either. That was a collective effort. I don't, you know, it's a team effort when you get banned from a hotel. It wasn't just Ooh. me. I'm trying to remember who was it that we had to keep putting to bed. Pigs. It, pigs was a problem. It, it wasn't was just me. The PhD, the big brain, and we yeah. must have, we must have put him to bed about a dozen times, and he the, just the guy up. is resilient. You just can't <laughs> keep him in a room. <laughs> 
Uh, you could try get that guy to stop celebrating, but it ain't possible. The doctor, man, he is he, oh. he, he's just a different level, man. He thinks he thinks at a different speed to everyone else I've met, I think. Oh yeah, he is a smart fella, but he can also yeah. get into us. What so you'd know though if you saw him in Sheffield that night. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, carry on. Okay, sorry. So, anyways, how we know each other is I'm pretty sure how we our first connection, how we started to bond, was way back when the 2014-15 season started at O'Neill's. We'd crush yeah. some pints together. O'Neill's is to blame for several things. Do you it's remember a, after a game, both sometimes there'd be both teams at O'Neill's and we'd be running amok of that place. Oh yeah. I mean the the, the boys just owned that bar. Yeah, it was Quite awesome. Years, you know, started with Vother and, and G and all those guys and uh back in, in, in the, the early days of the big blue tent with uh Nigel and Sash, obviously SM, you know, singing up on stage, the guitar duo, and and they were awesome and the boys loved them and yeah, it it was just that, that little corner, you know, by the hatch at the end. It was it was just the place to be post game. Oh, was, uh, that that's that golden era, I think. That was uh, the start of 2014. We did that, but somehow the Devils got away from going to that place. But I don't know. I we sure had fun after a game there, right? <laughs> I'm gonna blame Lodo for that. I think you know, right? I think he, you know, he, he ushered us into the professional successful era. Mm. Uh, and I yeah, he really he, pushed that on me too. <laughs> the old ways of the Jedi were <laughs> slowly driven yeah. out. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, is hockey as much fun anymore? Um, well, I think winning is as much fun as it ever was. Um, yeah, it's what it's all about, um, and that everybody's trying to find that edge, and it comes, then then you lose some of the fun. Yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to to I've got a good friend who was a Paralympian, and uh, he dealt with the same cycling champions as, as the Olympic team. And they talk about their marginal gains, you know, mm-hmm. and though they're the they're super secret squirrel department, as they called it. And they were working on how to get this one thousandth of a second and this half a meter or this inch. Yeah. And, and the, the gains they were making by the end were so small, but they were making the difference. And I, and I think that that's how it's going in Britain now, you know, because Things have been so disjointed and so difficult and, and you know, easy to be critical of for so long. But now you've got so many guys who are slick and professional. I mean, Brody is such a student of the game like Dupes. He's unbelievable. He's been making notes on being a coach since long yeah. before he was ever thinking of retiring. Uh, he's been preparing for this day for, you know, over a decade kind of thing from, from every report you hear. And I think everybody now is just you know, Kiefer and him and the guys in Sheffield and everything, they're just trying to win by this much and this much and, and it gets smaller every year. But Well, um, I remember Lordo's attention to detail was exhausting, right? Because he'd be all over every guy. It wasn't just me. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I still think deep down that the the best teams, the people that will are willing to do more for each other, win more games. And sometimes that is hitting O'Neill's as a team. That brings everybody together. I think it is still important um, to do those things. And I think the teams that will win will be the best teams. Yeah. And I think that's one of Todd's strengths, you know, that he understands that. You know, he knows Halloween parties are important. Yeah, he, he bridges <laughs> he bridges both of those sort of time frames. So he gets the best of both worlds, I think. So he, yeah. he expects pros and he expects guys to take care of themselves. But he also understands that 
it's particularly guys with families now as well. That's a big difference with us. We used to be all single guys. Well, so when I was there, right, and you talk about that, uh, Colby and I, whatever you said, iconic, whatever if that, that we said, but um, he was the only kid on the team that year. Yeah. yeah. He, the only just, kid, and that's why you take him out. Guys. Now you'd go out there, there's like 10 kids on the ice, right? Nothing's yeah. – we'd have two or three of you four of you sharing a car we couldn't afford married guys for years and years you know it's just the way that that we rolled and and we used to as as shitty as that tent was and it was you know there's no two ways about it it was our shitty little tent you know and it, it was the greatest home advantage in the league bar none because nobody wanted to go within 100 miles of that place no <laughs> It was, our, it was ours, guys. though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, you know, and it it had its own it had its own personality. I mean, it you know, it damn near blew away in the wind three or four times, but but yeah, like so, I I posted it there on Insta where I put most of the stuff today on like the stories or whatever. But the video of you made for Wally Night, and there you put up there's one goal in it. And you see how many people were in the big blue tent just standing at the glass at the bottom oh, row. Yeah. And like they're three, four deep and we're playing the fight flyers, right? Not nothing we, against the fight flyers. We were very, but... very grateful that the fire officer didn't show up terribly often. <laughs> right. Um, because. But that's what uh, happens when you win, right? People come. The fire, yeah. The fire exits would have been used. I mean, I, the, the, the cathedral, as I call it, the Welsh National Ice Rink, our first rink. There's no doubt that in that building there were, you know, regulations were just a dot in the distance because <laughs> uh, we were winning everything at that time. You know, it was crazy. And um, yeah, but the, the tent and when when she started rocking, you know, when the stamping their feet and all, all the guys were singing and drums were going. And if we, if we had a good group of away fans as well, that really helped. Yeah. And you had that opposite thing, you know, the to and fro and. And, you know, we tried to, we tried to help out as much as we could. I mean, we used to say, you know, Hubs and I uh, were the guys that were that were running the sort of show. In, in Sorry, program. Hubs? Gareth Hubbock. Ah. So he's an ex-official uh, and player, but mostly official people know him from, from the Super League era. So he, he was spending a lot of time catching stray shots and parting some very, very big, angry guys. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's another, he's, he's similar to Franny, you know, he's a bit of a Cardiff legend and everybody loves, uh, loves hubs. And, and he was my right hand, left hand, half of my brain at least. And my, you know, the guy calming me down when I was freaking out. Um, and then the guy freaking out when I was trying to calm him down. <laughs> but um, we used to say that we've got, you know, like a really Bush league te- uh, arena. Yeah. But we could have, there's no reason why we couldn't have NHL sort of production goals. Yeah. So, Do the best you could with what you had. Yeah. We're never going to have on ice projection, you know? So why don't we explain to the crowd what exactly you do for the devils? Cause you do a lot of different things, right? You do make some videos, but you do yeah. the, uh, you do the production, the light shows, the music, the, the full deal. Well, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a bit of a change this year um, because with my work and with, things altering at the club as well. This is the first year I've not done the same job since give or take 2008. Wow. Um, I, I, Cause I couldn't have taken the job that I have if I was full-time at the devils, but for a long time, what I would basically do is if it lit up or it uh, showed a, an image 
or it uh, made a sound that was probably on the end of a button that this particular monkey had pushed. <laughs> and we just tried to train the monkey and rein him in as best we could. <laughs> and so um, you were playing, you're playing the music, right? You're playing the music. Yeah. Um, designed the intro video and, the, you know, the audio to that. And then the, the, the videos that go with it with, with some fantastic help down the years as well. Um, and then the pregame videos, if there was a big one, like a challenge cup game or Sheffield or, you know, if, if we'd had a bad run or something and I and maybe we thought the fans want, needed some juicing, so we'd black it out and try and, you know, do a bit of rah-rah before the game. Well, but some of your videos, though, could get you pretty, get guys pretty wound up, right? Like, that, you do, oh, thanks, like, the, when we won the Challenge Cup and you did one, I don't know where all the vi- the video came from. You had fans behind the scenes. You had the owners with the the goal lights on their heads right and you had all this video and i'm like where did this come from how did they make this well a very small portion of that was me but the bulk of that stuff was the legendary cameraman for the main cameraman for the devils he has been for years uh howard howard tackle oh yeah he he was uh he's a cameraman for cardiff city and and lots of different sports for different uh tv companies and he's a good friend of glenn dummett who i'm sure you yeah. obviously get to know quite well and and he's been our cameraman. I, I mean, went out for a couple of pints with Glenn and the boys at their uh, their establishment there. It's part of the um, initiation ceremony. It's a bit like me. That's when they're uh, that's when they're bringing you into the devil's family. That's when you've made yeah. it right. When you get yeah, invited to those circle, pints, man. that's yeah. the circle of trust. Yeah, I remember that's Hendo it. had already been invited, and I was like, "Geez, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something here." <laughs> it's like um, it's like meeting the George boys. Oh yeah. You know, well, that's, that's, that's day one. Passage. That's the first weekend you beat them, yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable, really. They're kind of like Thanos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so how, I mean, Howard, I, I don't know how he did this, but he was our cameraman in the rink, and his camera was pointing over the ice. I mean, he used to have a hockey helmet on because so many pucks nearly absolutely totaled him. him. Yeah. You know, and he's got a 30 grand lens on a 20 grand car or whatever it was. And we're like, how does he follow the game in this place? We have no clue. You know, he's he's world class. And and he got a lot of that stuff because he knows how important it is to not just have you celebrating a goal or, you know, Bouncy celebrating a save. But, to but have, the fans, to I mean, get the, the background. Yeah. Spaces, yeah. I mean, it, it was, that was, that's my favorite championship. I, that was one of my questions because to me that, um, like I, I know a lot about devil's history now, but for that season to have gone the way it did with the new ownership and then for us to win a trophy like that mid season or whenever it is January or whenever you win that, but like that, it was like the devils are back. Uh, and then to see all the crowds, exactly like I didn't know what was going on with this challenge cup thing. I didn't know when their league games, challenge cup games. And then all of a sudden it's the semifinals and finals and then, like, before the finals, Todd's taking it totally different. We're staying in a hotel the night before. We're Like, it's, you know, they're making a bigger deal this. And then you show up, and there's, like, five, six busloads of Devils fans, right? And they're and, just and rowdy. Show, I think we had about 13, 1,400 there. 13, 1,400 fans in Sheffield. And that's, Which what, is... five and a half hours away? Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And that was, you know, for it. For a cup that most people didn't really care about, but has always been special to us since we won it in 2006. 
2005-6 uh, against Coventry. I think any trophy is special no matter what it is, you know? Oh, yeah. And I can't imagine how it must feel to, to be... I mean, I've been very, very lucky to be on the ice just afterwards a few times. And and you can feel the wave, you know? Oh. And, you know, guys hugging everybody. And it's oh. just... It's incredible. You can't Talk even smell a hockey kid. That's how, that's how much you get excited but um so I've been i love like, winning yeah, so winning is my favorite feel? thing god it's awesome <laughs> oh i mean you know i mean todd todd hates this right but one of my favorite clips he really hates this he wouldn't even like me saying it one of my favorite clips is when we won the league in sheffield and nobody had thought to have the trophy there because they didn't think we were going to do it <laughs> so there's no trophy um, to left <laughs> so there's there's a shot of franny and a couple of the guys with an inflatable trophy that's about you know two and a half three feet tall and todd used to lose his mind whenever i put this shot into a video but it just it summed it all up you know that we we don't it's care. a story yeah we don't care if it's a it's an inflatable trophy we just won against our biggest rival then they're they're probably not now you know old for the old school guys for the gray beards like me they they're still pretty big but it's it's the teal guys that we don't Really yeah, that's because they, they've been they've been doing pretty good. <laughs> but that, yeah, but but going back to 2015, um, we had no business winning that. Really. What do you mean? Who are you talking well, to? No, no, no. I don't mean the team. I don't mean the team. I mean the organization, right? So the entire summer of 2014 was incredibly tough. So well, I I I totally agree with what you're saying because. The team they did get and that they recruited that we had on the ice that night was good in, enough to in, beat yes, anybody. It, it, but it's crazy that we had that team. It's crazy the people we had and that they were available. Oh, like I'm there was talent. some I mean talent and just absolute dandies, shed guys, you oh, could call them. <laughs> yeah, just absolute beauties, all of them. I mean, I know Hendo just crushing guys. Yeah, and, and like but, like using this big ass hip checking people but then we fighting people Cardiff, man. like but then fighting people and that batchy fighting what? people mitch and fighting people lordo just yeah. acting like a psycho out there it was nuts oh uh, yeah lordo on a couple of guys uh particularly they are friend from coventry that one season that's a popular video every time that, that comes out but oh that yeah, noble I mean, guy in, in in real hockey terms if you look at the science of building a team we were way so far behind the curve in the eight ball. We had no <laughs> business being in the final, but we all knew those of us that had seen you guys as a unit, that we had a shot against anybody on, on one game, you know, or, or two was games. It, it was the all season. If we would have been gelled and would have been a team from the start of the season, we would yeah. have won the league. We were in like eighth place two months yeah. in and we almost won, won the an absolute rip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, we could that, have beat that, anybody that in the best of seven. Day. I mean, for me to swag around Sheffield, uh, you know, uh, I've got a long-standing history with a couple of guys there. <laughs> Some of them shed guys. One of them in particular, I've jousted with a few times down the years. You know, Fair. And is it, it probably my leading scorer in the shed. Is who you're talking about? Yeah, it's the guy. Um, and we, we, I think we always have, we are diametrically opposed on almost everything. But we have a grudging respect for each other's commitment to their own clubs. Right. It's got to be hard for you to not be a part of it this year, then, no? Sorry? It's got to be hard for you to not be a part of it this year, then. 
Yeah. It yeah. is. It is. It is. No lie. I mean, and do you know what's funny is because I'm so busy with work, very often I, I catch myself. I think, oh, the game was started 10 minutes ago. I'll check the score and, you know, all the rest of it. But sometimes I am so busy that it it does take my mind off it. But there are there are a couple of key moments, you know, like um, the first game of the season. Because there's always so much of a build up for that. Oh, yeah. That's huge. And then when you see results uh, and you see a couple of wins and you see new guys and you're like, well, I haven't seen this guy play yet or I haven't seen this guy play yet. And then, you know, the toughest one for me, actually, um, as, as a single moment, about a dozen other guys came into my venue where so I'm, I'm, I'm the head doorman of a security team in a in a, a, an almost brand new venue in Cardiff. OK. Um, so I run a team of about eight guys and uh, it's a great venue. It's beautiful. They're very, very they're lovely people that own it. Security company I work for, awesome. And about a dozen of the guys came in. And the two things that really hit home to me was that um, I only recognized about four of them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue who any yeah. of the guys were. Um and that was the first time I'd seen anybody outside of the rink from from the Devils, you know. And yeah. um, and that, yeah. And then when when Joey uh, Marty came to sp to speak to me, um, I'm going to get all Wally now if I'm not careful. Um, you what's that mean? Cry? I'm going to get choked up. Yeah. Oh, you uh, whatever. That's fine. You're in the shed. You're allowed to, to get and, emotional. And, you know, <laughs> I've said this before, but people know that Joey Martin is is an amazing hockey player. OK, anybody that's ever watched the game knows that what they probably don't realize is that he's a legendary human being. I well. know. I know. He's first, he's first class. He really mm -hmm. is. Um, and we just had a little chat and it was just like, shit. Yeah. OK, you need to leave now because heartstrings are getting tugged and, yeah, started, you know, not enjoying myself here now as much <laughs> as I was. So. But it was it was it was great. I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, he'd, me, he'd follow me all around the place just to, or, or asking everybody where I was just so he could come say goodbye. You know, it was a little thing like that. that well, and like you know, I think um, for teams to have success, their best players need to buy in and be great people. And I think there's no, there, I don't. It's pretty obvious why the Devils have been good for so many years is that their leader and their best player um, has been. A great person and then you also have richie and oh. you had haddad and you had all these just fantastic people that were also the best players on the team and that's when teams I mean, richie win. may be the most humble man in sports i know in any sport ever i know, you know and, and i i see he's the perfect human he does everything right he's the perfect human he is he's he's he is our answer to nicholas lidstrom yeah he's the welsh national nice one Nice that's, one. He's the Welsh Nicholas Lindstrom. He's actually English. He's actually English, but we've we, we we've adopted he's him. Pretty he's pretty well he's, Welsh. Yeah. You know, ownership is nine tenths of the law and <laughs> and, uh, and possession and all that. But um, he he is and and you know you see when times are hard. I know Todd was talking about online activity and you guys were talking about that and uh, that was I found that really interesting because I've spent a significant amount of my Devils career online, obviously like a lot of people have, and and I'm um. You know, I'm pretty much Marmite as far as that goes to, to most people. Marmite? Yeah. People love Marmite or they hate it. I, oh. I don't have people that don't mind me. What's Marmite? People, 
It's it's um it's like a beef extract. Oh it's, yeah, I think I saw that. To me, it's story. as nasty as it sounds, but some people swear by it. So it's like the Aussies call it Vegemite. If you've ever heard, it's that. Kind so of you're thing. saying some people like you and some people hate you. Yeah, I don't. And I, I think Simsy Simsy's kind of the same thing too, right? I don't have people I kind of get along with. We either get along great, or I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really bad news. But uh, I'm really, fun. I'm really nice to everybody. But like, I know who's on my team, and I know everybody's on my team until you show me you're not, and then once you're not, you're not. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, Churchill used to say, if you don't have any enemies, you're not trying hard enough, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> or you're doing nothing wrong. So what the heck? But um. Uh, I've lost. I've completely. We lost were my talking time. about uh, being online and stuff, and yeah. So um, you know, when I see guys saying, "Well, we need a more vocal captain," or "We need somebody that's really laying down the law," and I, there's plenty of guys that will do that. You know, and we we've got a coach that is prepared to do that. And oh, and, and it's, but it's also it doesn't even Franny matter who's that. wearing the C. It's like Richie's a captain, Joey Martin's a captain. They're all captains. And I was thinking about this as like. That my like last year there in Cardiff was actually the first year I was named a captain in pro hockey. And it meant a lot to me that Lordo did that and gave me an A. But like when you look at that photo of I think it was like whoever was the captains that year, Mo Marshy um was the Marshy was the captain, then there was Mo Hendo, myself, Richie. But like we we're doing like the away and road ones, but like you see that and you're like. Well, that's a group of leaders, but then the riches almost, yeah. But then we still had way more guys after that that were all leaders, right? Like it yeah. doesn't matter who wears letters or whatever; it's a group thing. You either buy in or you don't. I think that that group of players is probably probably contains whenever they whenever they, they the biggest beauties the that ever were assembled on a hockey team oh, ever. Got to be close, <laughs> right? um oh gosh uh, but like uh, seriously a tuesday practice could be the best day of like <laughs> it was just you never knew what was going to happen or a couple of guys would be up uh ringing socks going uh todd uh <laughs> we got a bit of a problem and something would have happened that usually involved these um <laughs> and 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 something yeah something would go on but whenever they left the devils however long that group of players was with us i for me and for several other people i know there are more players on that year's roster that I would have liked to have seen back for one more year. Mm-hmm. Whenever it was they left that year, two years later, five years later, there are more guys I'd like to have had one, for one more year than any other team that we've had, I think. Yeah. Just, whether it's a personal thing, you know. Man, uh, it was a special team. Like there's special teams where it just, everything works and everything fits. And like, it yeah. was just... It was the perfect blend of guys, and it was the perfect time to be playing in the big blue tent with a bunch of dandies, and, like, nobody cared. Nobody had egos. Everybody was just there to, like, enjoy it and win the games. Yeah, and it was it, – it, it really did carry on the spirit of the big blue tent that had, that had been happening under when Franny was assistant coach to Jared Adams. Yeah. Because we had we had no business keeping guys like Vatha. I mean, Todd is on record many times saying he tried to sign him every year. Yeah, you know, and and he wasn't alone. Every team wanted Vatha. He was the fran he was the franchise, like yeah. it or not. Six, five, two, something. Let's be kind. Yeah, um, and, and beat the wheels off, guys. And you know, like Franny and I once sat down and went through all his fights, and we couldn't think of a single fight he ever lost when he was pissed. 
Like he's not one of those tap on the shoulder guys that will just go dink, you know, mm -hmm. and they're off. Um, but if he was you, fighting from the passion of the game. You took a liberty with one of ours, or yeah. you were being an asshole. Oh my god! Like he, he would just, and every single player on every single team that had played you before, as soon as a new import would come in, they go right. We're going to Cardiff this week. Now there's one guy you have to know where he is at all times, or it's just. It's going to be disastrous. Yeah. When he was like 240, 240 pound, he would throw 239 and a half of them in every single hit. Like, and it yeah. was, he, I mean, he once tapped me for good luck before I did an anthem at the playoffs. And honestly, I think I might need a hip replacement as a result of that <laughs> oh. one. And that was being friendly, you know. <laughs> Oh, that big blue tent, though, was a special place to play hockey. I loved all the mucking around we do in that little bar. <laughs> uh, it was it was perfect for that group. Yeah, it was. It exactly was. the right place for that team to play and for that team to be successful. Oh, I think, yeah, but we could have been successful anywhere. I just can't believe they put that team together within six weeks. And um, right. you got a new player coach that was just playing, and he becomes the player coach. And then he puts together a squad of dandies like that. What a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, where do you get these guys? I mean, guys that went on to be MVPs of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times. You well, know? you had Hoth and Marty. Like, then you got what bounds he's done. But uh, yeah, there's some and wild high stuff. end skill sets, you know, like yourself. I mean, like Kelly, who's just as good at both ends of the ice. Uh, yeah, you know, for yeah, example, he, yeah. like that. And, and you know, like you say, strong leaders and great D man like Marshy, and it was it was just ridiculous. And I, I, but we also had a great time. We also hit O'Neill's. We also got pizza in the room. I hear hockey players don't even eat pizza now. Is oh, is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't they, know. I, I know hear there's have, protein uh, shakes all the time. And, after. Yeah, they get looked after, but I think they have. Um, They've had Jamie, Jamie's company doing a few things uh, in the past. I don't know who the sponsor is or who, who the supplier is now, but uh, oh, they, they, yeah, the old Domino's thing. I think the away team gets Domino's. It's Todd's way of slowly just sabotaging. I, I, I still remember after the wins of the big blue tent, the George brothers would come in with a tray full of beers <laughs> and then we would have cases of beers already. And like you'd be a few deep before you leave the locker room, and we oh, would yeah. just be sitting in there with ice packs all over us, just having a time. Boy, you wheelie bins, you wheelie oh. bin on the bus. And then Colby <laughs> would be walking around dishing out the beers out of the coolers. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what an apprenticeship, eh? Well, it was pretty cool when your two, three-year-old could come in the room after a win and dish out the beers for the boys, right? <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about the George boys is that. Nobody seems to know how that happened. Well, I think it just steps there. back to like Fitter and all that, but like how they've they come, were just there all of but a sudden. But they're always with the different teams, and it's it, they yeah. do have a legacy, and they are part of how the teams win. Hockey 100%. players win more when they're having fun, and those guys are as fun as they get. Oh yeah, they came in. They came into uh, our place a few times, you know, and they they. So were, what is your place? I got. What's the question? Where and what are you doing now? Well, I'm working in security, so I'm a doorman. Um, so are you beating people up that are getting up in your face or what? No, no, we, we de-escalate situations, Wally. That's what we do. You de-escalate them? You haven't put anybody's head through a window or anything lately? Well, we've we've had a few, you know. Dust-ups? Robust conversations. Not full melees, just dust-ups? <laughs> robust conversations. I mean, it, 
it's not the kind of venue that's like an episode of the full guy every week you know what i mean okay so, what's the fall guy i don't even know what that oh, is it's British British show. Yeah. Majors, i'm sure my age yeah sorry. they all yeah and i'm across yeah. the pond i don't know anyway that. yeah, yeah. Oh, so, no, it was the american <laughs> show he was the bionic man and he was oh. the man and they it was just a barroom brawl every week but anyway um <laughs> yeah so the, the place is called flight club and there's a few across britain and, light club uh, flight Light. Like the beers, the flight where you have five, like five different kinds of beers. That's what we call yeah, flight here. Flight because that's what the things are on the darts that make them fly. Oh, it's the a dark darts, place. Called flights. So it's, it's, a, it's called a social darts experience. So what, people come in, they play darts. It's all high def cameras. It maps the darts. It, it does slow-mo videos of the guys. It's all on LED screens. It's a, it's a good, it's a good crack. It's, I mean, it, you'd love the place. You yeah. would, you'd be all I like over. throwing darts and I like, yeah, uh, it sounds like fun. So yeah, it's like three floors. It's, it's a great place and it's very, very popular. So that's, that's, that that's, just that's, made that's, me realize that I had a confirmed shed guy that like somehow I saw that he was a shed enthusiast. That was a Welsh national dart player. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not now, not actively, but he was back in the day. Wow. And yeah, he's a shed enthusiast. I thought that was pretty neat, you know? <laughs> He'd be no good with us because we don't let them bring their own darts. So. <laughs> Which I guess I should break this up because I don't think I have yet is they just had this thing on Spotify where it like gives all your stats for the year. And that's like the thing I use is called Anchor that you just pull the files in or whatever. Okay. And then that's a podcast, but it tells you all your stats and some of the stats and some of the things fans were writing to me and showing me that, I was their most listened to podcast and how many hours they had spent in the shed that last yeah. year. It is crazy to see. Yep. And I, I can't believe people are actually listening to me in my shed, but thank you. Um, Cause I really like it. And um, you're just as enthusiastic about this as everything else, man. And I think, I think that comes across, you know, I love you, it. <laughs> you get these guys. Think about it. I never would have got to thank you for what you did for me if I wasn't yeah, doing and this. And now we're getting a catch up. Man. I'm very, very, very grateful for that. I mean, it, we always tried as a team, you know, um, everybody up on the the Ice Time guys or the Devils TV guys they are now and and myself, we always tried to do right by anybody that was having like a testimonial or the, a, a, a landmark, you know, like a thousand points or whatever and, you know, 400 games or, or that was leaving us. We always yeah. tried to do right by those guys. And so even if they couldn't have a physical send off, we tried to give them, you know, a bit of a video one and stuff. How often do you redo the uh, pre-game intro video? Uh, the last couple of years, it hasn't been touched very much. I have a um, question then, because after I left, I was I was told, and I'm pretty sure I saw that Colby was in the pre-game intro. Uh, right? He's been in several versions of it. That's really several cool. Several versions of <laughs> That's it. That's really um, cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and... and um, <laughs> I, I was always under constant pressure to keep it as current as possible. Right. Because Todd's very much an in-the-moment kind of guy. Right. But then you got the history of the Devils is cool. And that you guys you cherish your that. history and your players that uh, have moved on and are done and washed up in their shed, you know, and then you still well, support people like that. It's cool. I, I, I think the words that were used by, it was either Todd or Steve King, was respect the past and work for the future. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I took care of one and Todd took care of the other. <laughs> um, 
I mean, you know, just just a note on him. Um, you know, when we're not maybe the number one team in every single competition and we're 10 points clear with the league, he's front and centre, yeah? So he he understands that he he needs the, the flak jacket because he's, he's the main guy. He is the main man. He makes the decisions. But I've never seen anybody who wasn't born in Cardiff that cares more about the Cardiff Devils. Oh, I know. Never. Um, and... I, I've seen firsthand the quality of a friend that he is, and the quality of a man that he is. You're getting all and molly on us, aren't you? I am a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I tell you, whether I work there ever again or I never do again, if anybody wants to question his motivations for the club, as for being anything other than building the best franchise for the Devils fans. They can come through me first. <laughs> oh, Alexa's chiming in. <laughs> Holy moly! She did She wants it. She wants to try and get she, through you out of it. Every, everybody's getting in on the act now. But yeah, they 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 can come through me first. I, um, I myself no, in. and like he did, like you talked about how he gets the way hockey used to be and the way it is now, and like he's kind of the bridge there. But like that, he gets hockey players. He gets family lives he gets our wives the children he gets every part of hockey and i yeah. i personally think i kind of do now too but it was learning from him and it's like <clears throat> so i have an interview coming up to be a triple a coach here next week i, I it, heard this yeah yeah so like it sit on there you like, don't know who the opposition is right no it, yeah but like it asks who for references and one of them was um, a parent of a player you've coached before. And I literally was thinking, I was like, I, I would give them every parent on my team from this year or last year and not, I'd give them every, every kid's name and they can talk to whoever they want, but also not just them. It's the player's siblings. Like we were a family and like, you can ask any of them what it was like. You can ask any of them what type of fa hockey family we had and it was learning from Todd Kelman. And I'm very proud of that, that I, I you hear about some stuff that goes on in minor hockey and people being upset with coaches and stuff. It's like, I have, I have had two of the greatest groups of parents and kids and siblings and grandparents that you can ask for. Mm. But. Well, I think that, you know, they say that um, there's an old military phrase that says once is an accident, Twice is a coincidence and three times is enemy action. And I don't think it's any fluke that he won in Bracknell and he won in Belfast and he's wins in Cardiff. I know he wins. You don't accidentally get that lucky. Nobody's nobody. Did you know that um, when it first started there, the big blue tent, I remember someone telling me a story that um, <laughs> he said the ketchup wasn't red enough. <laughs> yep. Oh, he, he went from teal to red in like no time flat. But And you have to, because then you were on a new team, right? But I think, one, you know, one of the things I, I remember, and every now and then I still do this, the uh, meet the owner's night, right? So we had that night in the, in the, the, uh, the theater that's in Cardiff Museum, about 350 fans packed the place and a lot of anticipation. Nobody really knew anything that was going on apart from Franny. Franny had spent the summer trying to convince guys to buy something that wasn't originally for sale. Uh, Todd and Steve and the guys managed to buy something that wasn't for sale, which was an even bigger 
Then they moved into a house with a view to moving into a house that wasn't built yet. Um, and then they had the loudmouth guy that used to be on the microphone talking a lot of crap about the previous organization that we don't talk about anymore. And we don't, you know, we, we don't really live in the past. We don't dwell there. Um, and I, I copped quite a lot of flack for that as well. Um, and none of us really knew what was going on because Todd goes, or Todd says to Franny, yeah, I've got some guys that are really interested in owning a club. And this is after Franny and I had spent like two or three months just racking our brains about who we might know <laughs> that might maybe be interested in, in saving us from where we were. Like, you know, and the way some it's people, all worked out is, is, is so wild. And then like, approached. <laughs> but then it's also crazy that the ownership group that took over the Cardiff Devils are such shed guys, <laughs> you know? Oh, they're like, they're, they're, they get it. They get what guys need and they want to do everything right. It's like, what a breath of fresh air for a guy that's been mucking it around in Europe for 10 years and seeing a lot, some places that like, it's hard to get the right sticks. You can't get the good ones. Yeah. Like if you, you can run out of tape. Terrified of breaking one. Uh, well, it's like, and then you get to a place where like Lordle's like in the summer, he goes, I know how important sticks are to a player. We have owners that will get you the good sticks. What, what do you yeah. want? And yeah. I was like, Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, incredible guys. I mean, their first ever experience with the fans was on the away travel bus to Sheffield for that final. And they're singing Delilah on the microphone on the bus. Like, well, they're just normal, good dudes that aren't afraid to have fun and be themselves. I like it. And up with those Budweiser hats. I thought, oh, God. we. I think there was off. way too long in my life where I was kind of like embarrassed of who I was and how I behaved. I'm actually quite proud of it now. And I, I don't care anymore what you think. You of me. fitted straight in, man. <laughs> yeah. And those, are, those guys are like that. The, the owners show up. They got lights on their heads, the goal lights, right? And they're they were just running amok on those fan buses, weren't they? Well, I mean, you know, a story I've told a couple of people uh, from that night when we won is um, I had I, the medals were given out to the guys and the owners. Todd's very good at making sure the right people get the the silverware and stuff. And uh, my wife at the time, Amy, she said, "Oh, do you think you could get me a medal to have a look at?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." And uh, the closest person was Steve, right? Steve King. So I said, oh, Steve, is there any chance I could uh, have a look at the medal? Just Amy wants to have a look. He said, yeah, yeah, sure. And he gave me it. And then he had this funny look in his face. He said, but you've got one, right? I said, no, she just wants to have a look at the medal. He said, but you've got one, right? I said, no. And he gave me his medal. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, cleat. And he, would, he, would, he said, I've got nowhere in my house to stick it. I said, Steve, I've seen photos of your house. You have Don't give that. Put it. <laughs> so I went to Todd to ask if he had another medal. He said, no, we've got you one. We've got you. I said, it's not for me. I said, Steve, just give me my medal. You can't take Steve King's medal. I was like, I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified for the rest. I thought Todd was going to kill me. But, and then a couple of years later, Todd did the same thing with his league medal, you know, but. Um, well, things yeah, get carried away right after you win. Guys. Like. I, mine didn't get out of Germany unscathed when I won a medal, you know, it's, it's, it's in tough shape these days. <laughs> yeah. Another, hey, there's another great image you say about winning championships, Joey Martin crowd surfing in the, in the bar in, uh, in Saltbox in, uh, in Nottingham. That's well, I thought Riley Brandt, you mean? Uh, Joey, Joey was there first, believe it or not. 
Is that right? He was very, very carefully placed back on stage by the fans who were like, don't break the Marty. Don't break the goat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, winning is fun and crowd surfing is fun. And um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, but um what was your your favorite game, Wally, as a in a devil's uniform? My favorite game is winning the Challenge that, Cup because winning's fun. Yeah. Probably I don't yeah. even remember the rest. Did we play any other games? <laughs> <laughs> there were others. Um I actually there I've thought of this too. There was a there was a game I remember. Um because <laughs> um things hadn't gone well for me that season. I wasn't doing well. Um they had brought me in to be the guy or whatever. And then I was on the third line and I knew Lorna wasn't too thrilled with me and the full deal. And then I wasn't playing much and I was sitting on the bench and, you know, you think you're good. You think you're, you've done things and you think it's going to go a different way when you get to a team. And then there was a game I was sitting there and I was like, well, I'm getting my MBA. I remember thinking this on the bench and it was pretty early in that season. I'm like, I'm getting my MBA. This, if this is how I'm going out of hockey, if this is my last year and yeah. I'm sucking in the EIHL, I better make it fun and I better go out there and play hockey the right way and enjoy it. And I remember thinking that and that next shift I went out and I did a couple spin of Roonies and then I actually did the backhand slap shot pass between my legs on the power play just to see if Florida or anybody would get mad <laughs> and i did it and nobody said anything to me and then i realized i could just be myself and i was like you know what if i'm going out i'm gonna go out having fun and then that day on yeah. i i had a lot more success that year better to burn out than fade away right uh, yeah well you may as well go out having fun right that's why you played the sport in the beginning right yeah yeah absolutely uh hey just, just quickly um I want to say one thing about two guys. Uh, so we lost a couple of guys this year. Uh, a guy called Andre Payette. I don't know if you ever came across him in your career. I did not, but I saw that. We, yeah, that he passed. There are some. There are some legendary. I, I think Andre was one of those guys that he was such an outrageous character, and I don't mean you know out of control. I, I mean just his character was so so big and larger than life that. Nobody seems to know which stories are true and which ones aren't. Nobody much much cares either. But I tell you one, just from a hockey perspective, he came to Cardiff and played his first game for Coventry. I have never seen a performance like that by an opposition player in, in, in our city. He absolutely dominated us. We had nothing. We had no answer for him. And we had a good team, but we had no answer for him at all. And it was, you know, that, that was an announcement to the league of here I am. And it was, it was a real shame to see a guy with such passion that people spoke so well about to say that. And, and also on that, uh, on just quickly on a similar subject, um, Brent Pope, Popa, um, another larger than life character. You know, I, I've had my few set twos with Popa and we had a few rows about the way the club was run and stuff. But what a lot of people don't know is, you know, 10, 11 years ago, he read at my wedding. We were, we were very good friends and, and he was one of the funniest people and, and one of the most intelligent and articulate. He gave me possibly my favorite non-Devils related hockey moment ever. He was commentating for the BBC in the Olympics in Vancouver. And I was watching with a couple of friends and he, I, I get a text out of nowhere and it says, I'm bored, what shall I say? 
and he's in the commentary booth, right? He's doing a solo commentary <laughs> and texting me going, what's that? And I went, song titles. He said, okay, who? So we were like, what's the most ridiculous one? I went, ABBA. Right. And he, he starts, I shit you not, he starts dropping in ABBA song titles. And if I, I, I wish I could find the game and find the <laughs> and watch this. And there were several that he did, you know, the winner takes it all and, and, and all the rest of this kind of stuff. The best one ever, the Sedin twins scored a goal, one assist, one shot. And he goes, Ah, there we go, folks, knowing me, knowing you. <laughs> and it was just unreal. Like, this is live on the BBC. <laughs> That's. Pretty. It was, yeah, it was very sad. To, it was very sad to hear about Popa going. You know, he, he, and he is very, it who's Popa in Devil's history? Is he the guy that was running it before Todd? Uh, yeah, he was kind of general manager. He's the, he, he was latterly most famous for being on the bench as coach in, in a, an assortment of hats. But that was a very thin end of the wedge that was Brent. Um, he was a Super League defenseman for us when we won the the trophy in in the, the late nineties in the first Super League. Um, and he was a fixture for the Devils and around the league for for a long time, you know. And uh, he was a gamer. He would get into fights. He had no business winning, and he, and he knew that, and he would fight still. But, um, yeah, he, he polarized people, which I guess I respect and I, I recognize. Um, but, yeah, he. Uh, I just realized my TV's gone off. That's why it's gone dark. Oh, um, that's okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah, watches Popo, YouTube anyway. Popo's real life. He was very kind to a lot of people. That's a real shame that, they, that he, he, he's gone. You know? It's uh, weird getting older, isn't it? You start, yeah. yeah. And it happens it's fast. Depressingly <laughs> futile. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on to more fun things then. Poster yeah. picks. You're painted as a devil. Yeah. I've been painted as a devil, too. I saw that. <laughs> that was at the Sheffield Arena, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 well, I didn't see it. I heard about it. Wow. Um, which I don't think I got 5% of the whole Wally experience, you know? But, um, uh, well, you got you to gotta be in the room, the locker room, to know what really very went on. Very pleased to not be a player that night, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was just at a Halloween party and it seemed like an obvious choice. I went, I went, I did the same thing a few years previous. Um, and Botha was the guy that said to me, yeah, nice makeup, Sully. You look like a chubby boy, George. <laughs> and I didn't do that again for a while. Uh, well, for me, I spray painted my entire canvas <laughs> red. <laughs> and then wore uh, the little horns and a bow tie. <laughs> and I had a little um, pitchfork, right? The devil pitchfork. Yeah. But- Yep. I, I don't remember what I where I went with that pregame speech, but I'm sure it, I was into it. <laughs> so you must have been like every Avenger and every I DC was hero and Thor. I was um Ninja Turtles. I was um <laughs> yeah, Captain America, Hulk. Um yeah, there was a lot of different things. I was a ninja, all sorts of um yeah, there's a lot of pregame speeches. Did you know you play a lot of games in a season? <laughs> but once you get committed as a pregame speaker and you want to do it better. So the way that all started, though, that year, though, is Lord had always done the pregame speeches and with these. And then they tried to do the funny. They tried to do the different. And then I was like, well, I'm done. Like, why don't I help these? Like, why don't you be all serious like you are? And. I'll bring the boys some fun. Yep. And then I hid in the closet 
Lordo comes in and does some weird speech or whatever. And they're just like, what was that? And then all of a sudden I came storming out of a broom closet. (laughs) (laughs) And then I told Richie that I had the Thor hammer. And I think I said the the other team was going to take it and like it. I see. <laughs> yeah. I I just uh, do you know what I would have loved what I loved uh, would have to see about it anything else <laughs> is is the faces of the guys the first time you did it that well the the first fun. time but then also like the first time on the road right I was only doing it at home and I was like six and zero at home and then we had a big game and then I went on the fan bus like five and a half hours away and got just pickled with the fans of that <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, just you gotta, you gotta, you live and you learn, right? There's not things I do now. Not if I got a triple A coaching gig, I wouldn't be doing these things, right? <laughs> you know what? We, we should have the shed as because there's a couple of games where uh Gareth Hewish is at to like single man the commentary, and a couple of guys are single man like Dan and stuff. Yeah, it'd be amazing if they could link up with you and you could do like you know, you could do color, color from, from the shed. Color oh, from the be, shed. That'd just be wouldn't that brilliant. be something? I could get it up on the TV here and watch it while we chat in the shed. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to be part of the game again, though, because mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for you poking around about the All Stars and then Todd jumping on with the Wally Knight, like I was out of the game and I did. I I don't know what would have happened if that night never happened. Um, I don't know where I'd be or what I'd be doing, but um, I'm really happy I'm out in the shed now. <laughs> yeah, it's a good shed, man. Well, it's like the things that have happened too that I've been able to help other folks is pretty neat, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's been some big topics talked about, you know, and some some big stuff uh, has been discussed in the shed and and the growing chocolate right. all over the world and like oh that's you, you you've yeah. done wonders for the cat the guys at nestle must surely be back in the truck up for you no you'd have to have a sales team or something i think but anyways okay more questions here yeah i the part i think i remember the most about you other than the making the wally night video um yeah. would probably be singing the national anthem yeah. I think the Welsh national anthem is might is the best one in the world. I think it is incredible. And then when you get yeah. you out there singing it, and you get like the BBT crowd going, and like oh. and like and then you get say it's us and the Sheffield Steelers or the Giants or like and you line up at the blue lines and you're just like it is so go time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the closest to actually participating I'm ever going to get, right? Well, I, I can't skate from here to the end of my shed. Never mind. Is anyone. that right? Do you use the penguin? Oh, always had people for that, you know. I, uh... <laughs> yeah. So if you, you go skating, you're using a penguin, aren't you? Oh, if I did, I would be. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so we kind of had a deal, you know. You don't sing the anthems, and 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 I don't I don't play the hockey, but uh, makes sense. I think they'd have been a lot better at the anthems than I would have been at the hockey. But people should do what they're good at, right? <laughs> it was the closest I could get to contributing and to being a part of it, and and as a Welshman, a proud Welshman, 
is no finer thing. You know, I've been very lucky. To I sing. can't believe how good you were at it. And you're the DJ, the videographer, the, you know, <laughs> the, all, all the stuff. And then well, you got out there and you just one guy, man, <laughs> it was wild when you would get out there though, because I, I'd never be mo- so ready to play other than like when that national anthem's going and you're standing beside like Hendo and Carl and Dougie Clarkson and you're just like, I'm so ready to go play these other guys. Let's go do this. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. That was fun. Uh, we, we, it's been a few guys a bit have said some some kind things down the years. How did so. you know you could sing? How did you get the, the how did you do it? The I think first I got time? my mom. My mom has always been a singer and my sister too. And and uh, I was lucky enough to get recruited to sing for a, like a professional choir. Right, they yeah. toured America a couple of times. Uh, we did like 46 out of 50 states and we did the album for the world cup in 99 for the rugby. Really? Yeah. I've been, I was lucky enough to sing the anthem on the pitch probably 10, 15 times. Um, which again, as a Welshman, the devils for me is the pinnacle, but as a, as just as a Welshman to sing yeah. that, the Wales play rugby, <clears throat> you know, it's hugely privileged position. And, um, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, I got some good lessons and some, knew some good people and 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 got lucky, you know. Um, so, yeah, like, so how how did I guess so you were singing before the Devils and all that? You were singing from a young age, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, in school and stuff, like like most people do. But you know, I I had the Catholic upbringing that didn't last. Um, so it was hymns when I was growing up, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then it was pantomime and doing stuff like that, you know, big British tradition over here, which is, is tough to explain to to people from your part of the world. Or but can you speak else. Welsh? I can't, sadly. Dim sharad. Um, Dim sharad. What? Yeah, n- no language, no speak. Dim sharad Camrai, I don't speak Welsh. Um, I can I can read it well enough to sort of sing it and pronounce it. Uh, and I understand some of the basic rules of how. So did you learn the start. national anthem like in school? Do they play it before the day of school like they do in Canada? They play Okanda at the start of the day? No, we don't. We didn't didn't do that at all. So how did you learn it? Because yeah, like that, the, it's a wild language, man. That's a good story, actually. Um, Another person, God, another person who sadly we lost in lockdown. that uh, We couldn't go to the funeral of because uh, of the lockdown rules. Because of the baloney. Um, you would have met this guy, I'm sure. Uh, his name was Jim Manning. Doesn't ring a bell. Big, burly guy. He fought as an amateur heavyweight boxer for Wales. He had 14 fights, and he never forgave himself that the only one he lost was against an Englishman. <laughs> and he took me aside and showed me the phonetic version of it. So, yeah. like, the sounds of how it sounds. So, where, like, sounds it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh and and taught me so like you're saying like where it says like wall ton it's gonna have that little dash or whatever right yeah like so yeah. like glad which uh, yeah wales wales glad glad um uh, it's like so it would be like a g and then a double o for the w and then lad because w in welsh is a vowel so it's, okay. it's technically gulad but it's a very quick ooh. It's not an easy language, man. <laughs> no, it's not. 
I yeah. got. Can I put you on the spot right now in the shed? I don't think I've ever done this to anybody. Yeah, the last definitely. guy that was on, one of the guys I've had a lot of guys on, but he's when we were writing afterwards about how much fun we had. He's like, we never even got my guitar out, and I was like, well, geez, if you could do that, you should do that next time you come to the shed. So, I'd like to hear you sing a few words of the Welsh national anthem because there's a lot of people maybe that listen to this oh, that aren't from Wales that don't know it and they don't even know what we're talking about. So I just thought you were going to go and try and get me to say the really long. Uh, I railway. just want you to sing some of it because for me, actually, and you may be part to blame of this, is when I was done hockey. I remember there was a night I was with some friends and they put on the leaf game and it's pretty fresh when I'm out of the game. It's like right at the start of the next season and they put the net, the old Canada came on and then they show all the players standing at the bench, like moving and shaking and watching it where we would all be on the blue line as a full team, but they showed everybody's face and how ready they were play ready to play hockey and it reminded me of like, I'm never going to get that feeling. I'm never going to get that feeling of standing on the blue line and solely singing that national anthem. And I'm just so ready to go do whatever it takes to win this game. And that it was a very hard time getting out of hockey. And it was shit like that, that you watch on TV and it like triggers you. And you're like, I'm never going to get that feeling expect, again. Right? I, I'm just sitting there drinking beers with my buddies. And I'm like, I want to be the guy out there, like with the juices flowing, ready to go through a wall for my buddies, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm yeah, ready. I'm ready to listen to you sing now. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you want? Verse or chorus? <laughs> I don't know. Take First it from the, the top. Beginning. Take it from the uh, top. <laughs> here we go. What is it? So it's, let's put this in context. Okay. Uh, 12 hour door security shift. It's 4.53 a.m. It's 4.53 a.m., folks. This guy's Our a gamer. <laughs> this guy's that's, a gamer. That's, that's the old <laughs> diva in me trying to make it. This is about as good as it's going to get. Uh, okay. My hymn, Lord, one heart I on own will me. Blood by the Santorion and Ogion Ovri. I go all Ravel will blood go with Tramon. Dross Ravid Coflasant. I go. There you go. That's fucking awesome. Simsy <laughs> do that. <laughs> that, but seriously, like I tell you, that language and that anthem it just makes sense. That language doesn't really make sense, but that song makes sense. If you like that, you should look at some of the football games, the soccer games. Well, that's what made me think play. of it. Was I saw Shed Guy Max Breerbrier put out like the Welsh national anthem's got to be up there for top in the world. And when I read that, and I I remembered you singing it, and I was like, Uh man, that shit got my juices flowing, you know? I remember the playoff finals once. A guy that really loved it was ex-NHR guy we had playing here, Craig Weller, one of the most revered players we ever had. Absolute specimen of a guy, right? And it looked like he'd eaten Thor and then gone to the gym, you know? (laughs) And... uh, and he apparently similar to my physique then as well. Just like yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um or it's mine. Why are you laughing, Sully? 
<laughs> well, mine is kind of more like buttered at the moment <laughs> as opposed to chiseled. But um, he, I found out towards the very end of the season that he loved the anthem too, right? And uh, we were at the playoff finals weekend. And I, so I, I'm in the Nottingham Arena. And I get down on the carpet. I walk out like 20 feet onto the ice. I'm stood there with a radio mic. It's the start of the game. And he goes, you're singing the song? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of another reason I'd be here, Wellesley, like, to be honest. But it was, you know, just made me giggle. Oh, but, uh, no, it's, but like, I don't know. I think I learned this from Todd, or maybe this is why I think this way. But I think to win the actual championships, it comes down to all the different fine details. I think yeah. who sings the national anthem matters. I think the way they come out and do it matters. I think everything matters. I think the people you have around your organization that you're willing to do the DJ and you're willing to do the light show. And you're also willing to go stand out there and sing the song too. Like that, those are the type of people you need around an organization. Yeah, but that's, that's a privileged position as well. You know, it's not about willing. Or you know, you're right about that, but I wouldn't be willing to do that. Well, yeah, but that, you know, because I, I know I, I suck at it. <laughs> I couldn't split the D, mate, knee injury or no. So I mean, it, it's like you say, you know, it's it's a different thing. But it 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 was it was the greatest honor, you know, to do that as a devil and a Welshman. I mean, there's nothing better. And working for the club, and it's the club you love. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a proper sporting fans' dream. You know, it's like almost most Canadians working for the Leafs or the the Habs or. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just oh, being an original six fan and working for one of those franchises, Detroit and New York and all of those. And yeah, it, it, it's, I, I, I've been very lucky. I was, uh, I've done everything from selling raffle tickets and running the supporters club to, I was general manager of the club for a year. You I were the have, general manager of the Curve Doubles, I was, eh? Yeah. I didn't have a goddamn clue what I was doing. Were you, I was, like uh, general manager, you're picking the players? Uh, no, I was managing the admin. I didn't. The coach picked the players, Glenn Mulvana. Um, But I, I ran. I did things like the car sponsorship and stuff. We, we were the Coca Cola Cardiff Devils that year, and uh, Bill Buglass and I were went and did a presentation for Coke, and we were lucky enough to get them. Nobody normally gets Coke because, if you imagine, like in um, in Liverpool, where you've got Everton and Liverpool. If Coke sponsors Everton, no Liverpool fan ever buys a can of Coke ever again. Ever again. So they want they to stay neutral. Pepsi. Yeah. So they, they just don't get into those races. But with us, because they That's like out, the shed. We're staying neutral, folks. We just love hockey. We love people. We're like the but, Switzerland. But everybody Liverpool. knows we're a Devils fan at heart. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we were the Coca-Cola Cardiff Devils. We had a great team that year. We had Ivan Machulik and Russ Romanuk, ex-Winnipeg Jet and... We had Stevie Lyle. We had uh, some. And that, what, what's players. cool is about you hanging on to the the legacies and the Devils' past is I know all those names. I know who they are, and that you guys keep that history with you guys. And the, like, there's a lot of teams that forget about their history and forget about the players that played for them, and they are just in the present. That you guys hang on to the people of the past is very important to the players. I think. Yeah, yeah, and the I, players I, that are playing presently don't get it. You don't get it until you're in your shed years later. <laughs> no, it's quite right. And, you know, from, from the old school guys from the original rink, there was a bar in there called Gretzky's. And obviously, because that's the only hockey player most of us had heard about from the league, you know, from the show. Um, but there was always 
a real sense of confusion for, for football fans and rugby fans because they're like, what do you mean the guys go into the bar and you, you have a beer with them and you talk to them? And we were like, yeah, this happens every week. So, you know, these Steve Morris just scored six plus five in, in the old days, like in the crazy yeah. league. And then people and can then stand got... there and have a beer with the folks. Yeah. And they're like, well, I go to a football match and I can't go anywhere near any of the players, right? Exactly. And that continued with the bar in the tent and O'Neill's. No shit. It's a natural extension. And then... I have that written down on my notes, though. You're going to get me sidetracked. But um, Sorry. I have the big blue tent bar written down of, like, I think that that's what spawned, like, just the whole vibe, the whole atmosphere of the Cardiff Devils the year I was there. When I, f- I remember when I showed up for the first exhibition game and Todd's giving out pieces of paper to fans saying, write down what you'd change, what you want us to do. And he was showing them that he cared about what they thought, but like we'd show up and it'd be half full. And then as soon as we started winning, it was out of control, but that big blue tent bar after a game would be mm-hmm. rocking. I hardly oh, yeah. ever hit the town. I never went downtown. I had a young family my night out was the big blue tent bar and I ran a mock and it was awesome being there. Yeah. I remember, was, it was I remember a fun night got, out. I remember the year we got heaters in that bar. It was like the great, it was like all our Christmases at once, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, did you know that building blew down when it was being constructed? I'm surprised. The big wooden, the big wooden, the big wooden spines that went over the top, right? They were building that, and we had one like one of the hurricanes or one of the one of the storms from Siberia came over, and it was like three of them were like forty five degrees. It just snapped, and they had to start all over again. Well, some of those nights when it would get a rock into that place, like I tell you, what a place! So loud, like we had so many noise complaints because the way that uh, the sound engineer guy explained it to me was because it's just got those flexible walls. What actually happens is any noise you make inside, it's like it turns the whole building into a speaker. <laughs> so it was genuinely, honestly, like a huge by speaker. The laws of physics, louder on the outside than it was in the inside. <laughs> so it's like and a Chris gigantic Hart- speaker. Chris Hartree was getting like twenty-five noise complaints a game, some from Panath, like over the over the the, the over the taff there. <laughs> and I remember him coming up to me one night, and he said. Uh, he said, I can hear every single word that your announcer is saying. I said, any chance he could come and explain to the guys in block four? Because they do nothing but moan and they can't hear what I'm on about. Like, and it was just... uh, no, it, it was special. Like, but I think, I think I had the lights in August and it was still sunlight outside. So it was glowing blue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like my point was, though, like that inside that arena the people that were inside that gigantic speaker it was a family it was everybody knew each other like it was crazy and then how much everybody the fans cared about the you right? break. yeah i really enjoyed being able to speak english with my the fans of the hockey team because of course yeah i'm i'm pretty personable i like to talk to people and i tell you you go to germany for six years and like you try really hard to talk to them but it's just not the same as just speaking english with a guy no, you know? of course and it's always been a big recruiting thing for for britain so we've all we've often got players that we maybe didn't expect to get because there was you know a bit of hometown boy about them and they didn't want to go and learn italian or 
be the only two imports that didn't speak, you know, Latvian or something. Well, and every country has a totally different hockey culture. The locker rooms are a bit different. The going to a bar after a game's different. I hear the EHL's cracking down on fun, but um, like it, it's there's different cultures in hockey. And um, like I, when I got to Cardiff, I just, I couldn't believe once, especially once I started playing better, but like, cause sucking sucks. But um, when you start playing better and you're hitting the big blue tent to the team's winning and you feel like you found your role as a third line guy, that's a second power play guy that, just tries to run a muck at doing I that. I always thought you thought yourself as a first power play guy that got demoted, though. Isn't that right? No, I was always on it. Lordo's the on the first <laughs> power play. Gosh, I could never be on that. No, Lordo's a right winger. Um, <laughs> no, but like you, once you start having success, and then like the team's having success, and we're all winning, and we're hitting that bar, man, we were like a rocket ship to the moon that year. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, you know, just just before that, I mean, when we broke the world record for most consecutive wins, out so, of that, out of that shitty tent, right? Right. Beat the Rochester Americans record. How I many games was, was it in a row? Oh, it was it was crazy. I think I think it was something like in in all competitions it was like twenty six, but in league in league it was something like, oh god, I wish I had John Donovan's memory now. Um, but you guys was, didn't win the league that year. Like 22, I think. And it was funny because once we started doing this home and away with no budget, you know, and again, no business doing it, you know, in, in the scientific of science of hockey terms, I used to talk to G all the time. And, and cause I, I, I'm always fascinated by coaches thinking and, and how they get guys up for stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And and he would say, I, I said to him, like, how do you get these guys going? He said, we don't need to. So what do you mean? He said, have a look back at all of the social media or the local newspapers, you know, guys like Bob Westerdale or something. Inadvertently, somebody would always have said something that would wind us up. They'd be like, oh, that streak's coming to an end this week or it can't go on forever or why nobody knows how the devils have done. There would always be something that someone would say, and they just cut it out. And, and honestly, it's a, it's an old cliche. They cut it out and stick it on the back of the dressing room door, and that was enough. Well, uh, it's uh, and every every team's different, and how like for me as a coach, what I would need, I like, is just seeing the team get along and be a team, like. Oh. It when they start gelling and like I've heard about that season, they were hitting uh, an establishment, and they were hitting it before all the games, and they were a team. And when you get a team as a team, and you're going out, you're winning, you're running a muck on and off the ice. That is living. Oh yeah, I mean it. It just it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a mindset. And it wasn't a routine or a superstition. It was, it, it became a way of life. Yeah. And it's the same as it was with, with the 14, 15 team, you know? I mean, how can you not enjoy yourself when Dougie Clarkson's around? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dougie Jesus. Clarkson and I sat beside each other on the bus that year. <gasps> That's fun times. Busting up to Scotland. I'd be like, let's go. Let's hop on the bus. <laughs> you know, I get to sit beside very- that big goof the whole way. 
<laughs> he's a sweet, he's a lovely, sweet guy as well. You know, he really was, but oh, he was funny. And the the Clarksons, uh, shout out to Nicole, fantastic wife, one of the best in the hockey game and mm. the world. But they just had a kid too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they're parents now. Wow. After years of trying, they got Clarkson her done. Around, yeah. Eh? yeah. Well, I always remember when he, he he fought that he fought the Coventry guy and he hit him so hard his helmet just flew off. That was another great clip. Oh, another great clip. Um, so let's talk about that then. We're jumping around here. I don't even know why I wrote notes because I haven't even looked at them. When you make these videos that are so yeah. cool, as like the Wally Night one. <clears throat> so I just been naked. I just done the pregame speech, and Lord Never as as Saying soon, I've just been naked. That's that could be any night of the year. No, I don't get naked often. Um, but I do the pregame speech, and then I I'm spray painted and whatnot. And Laura's like, "Wally, seriously, you got two minutes to get around the arena and drop the puck." And I'm like, "I got gotcha. you." I run. I get my my fancy pants on, my jersey over top, and I run around the the building and then Franny and I lock eyes and he knows what I've been up to and we have a good chuckle and I walk out to the red carpet and I got a lot going on but like you play that video on the jumbotron and like <clears throat> I I watch it I'm just so in shock and so in awe and I'm just like how the hell did this ever happen that a team is having me back and putting a video of me up on the vi- jumbotron like what that does for a person what that does for a hockey guy that's been a hockey guy his whole life is crazy but then when i rewatched it today and i'm watching the video you have it down to a t like even the words of the songs are dialed into what's going on in the video. You got my kids running around the ice and like the song makes sense and what they're saying makes sense. And then I'm scoring a goal and that song makes sense. And like, you're going in and out. And I tell you, you got a talent, sir. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. I didn't realize it all though. Right. When you're standing out there and you're watching, you're just like, wow, this is really cool. But then yeah. when I watched it today, you don't get to really digest it, I suppose. Yeah. No, and I'm like, like I was listening to the different songs come in and out, and the timing of it, and I'm like, he's put in some time into this. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with the song, actually. I've never done a video that started with with an idea. I've always I, I I've I've heard songs here, there, and everywhere, and I'll hear like a hook, one line, and I'll think, oh, that's good. And then you listen, I listen to the whole rest of the song, praying that none of the other lyrics are going to like shoot me in the foot. Yeah. And I can make the others work somehow. Um, you know, I did a couple of the greatest showman ones and that was, that was great. Like, you know, when we, we won the league and the playoffs and stuff and it was, it's coming home like that constant lyric. And some of them just are obvious in some ways to me. And some of them. Well, the the video I remember, like this is well before you ever made a Wally Night video, which like I'll save forever. Right. That's part my hockey journey is that's how it ended. Right. It's pretty cool. But was that first year when we were we showed up as a bunch of ragtag dudes from, you know, we kind of were cast offs from a bunch of places. And um, we show up and, you know, 
I think we could have won the league if we would have got came together a little sooner. Yeah. Um, but once we did, we were a special team everywhere. And we go to the year end awards and you played the video of on the wings of an army. You remember that shit? That was heavy. <laughs> yeah, That'd make well, a guy get all Wally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that comes back to that owner's night. Um, and I'd started saying that I still every now and then watch that that event in the museum. Um, because a couple of reasons, really. One is because not once has anything that was said by Steve or Todd ever been deviated from on that night from then until now you know, seven, eight years later, which is impressive in sport yeah. you know, to have that kind of commitment and then stick to it. Um, it was a hugely emotional night for a lot of us. Um, and what probably most people don't know is it was my audition because, you know, I mentioned about being Marmite. Um, Todd is a guy that does his homework. I just fought with the ownership very publicly to try and make some space for Todd and the new guys, but they didn't really know me. I mean, he, he knew that I put a show together, you know, as I could, but uh, as best I could, but he didn't know me personally very well. Right. We just say hi every year when I went out and sing the anthem at the playoff finals, that was that like, um, so he spoke to a lot of people and said, what do you think I should do with Sully? What, what's the deal with Sully? And about half of them or so said, He's toxic. He's poisoned. He's going yeah. to want to steal the show. You're never going to get the microphone. He's going to he's going to be front and center. And and around about half ish, I guess, said you got to have him involved. You know, he knows the club. He brings a lot and, and start blah blah blah. So I was very fortunate that that half were also asked. So um, he didn't know what to do, and he told me this. He didn't know what to do, and and he used that as my audition. And he thought, well, if Sully tries to steal the limelight or yeah. he's on the mic introducing everybody when it's his show and it was his show. Um, then that's that. And Todd likes the mic. What well, you know what? Um, Todd's very good at the mic. He's good but, at it. Yeah. But, but he doesn't like it. Mm. Todd does not like the limelight or the spotlight or the individual recognition that the microphone brings him. Yeah. He's absolutely not that guy. One of the main reasons that Todd uh, gets on the mic is it's a safe place for him. It gives him a base to watch the game and operate and control and the flow of traffic without having to be physically pulled left, right, and center all over the building. Because you can imagine everybody's going to want a decision from him, right? So unfortunately for Katrina... <laughs> that means that she it makes sense though because they everybody wants to ask him about this problem or that problem and this problem it's like well he's announcing leave him alone <laughs> but here's a, here's a measure of the guy right the first year i was still announcing for the first few months of the season and he was just leaning on the on the wood at the back of the rink and just watching and coming and chatting and chat with us and stuff and about two months in three months in he goes uh he said so do you mind if i announce it's your club you do what the hell fuck you like i mean yeah <laughs> literally do what you do whatever you like um and he's like oh i so i thought you might be able no great it's one last thing i'm on the phone to claire and i'm pushing but great not brilliant you know because i've heard him in belfast he's, he's he's energetic and he's he fires him up as well as anybody does so that was an awesome i said i don't understand why we've had a, a great announcer sat there doing nothing really yeah so that that but the fact that he even asked, you know, 
speaks volumes about the guy. So we did the uh, this audition event, and he said, you just sat at the back and pushed buttons. He said, and I think, you know, you kind of made me look pretty good. So great, you know, welcome on board. So we had our first ever meeting, and he was the only thing that I was a little concerned about because I'm a, as much as I like to plan my videos and stuff, I like I like the odd crisis. I'll be honest with you, Wally. I'm a bit of a freak. That's why I probably like my job now, because I like it when there's 2,000 people coming out of the stadium and they all want to come in at the same time and blah, blah, blah. It's all going on. Yeah. And I thought, well, if he's like Mr. Spreadsheet and Mr. at 12.47 and 18 seconds, yeah. I'm fucked. Like, I'm I do know what you mean. I do know what uh, you mean. You like to be a bit of a cowboy and have a little bit of stress. A little bit, yeah. I so like to- did you know what I... Since sometimes this is interesting to me is that I'll know I'm having a guy on for days and I could write the notes at any time. And for some reason, I'll wait until the last 30 minutes and then all of a sudden I'll rip them all out and it's like go time. <laughs> I can't tell you how many of those videos were finished. Not the bulk of, but a great deal of the work was done on game day. <laughs> You're like um, Andrew Hotham trying to get an MBA. That guy could save her for the last minute, I tell that. you. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think partially is I, I, I'm a world-class procrastinator anyway. That coupled with the fact that I like to give myself these very public deadlines because they're the only way I can properly hold yourself myself and motivate check. myself <laughs> to do it because I have to do it. If I say, oh, oh yeah, Saturday, right, or pre-intro, there has to be one. There's no way to, oh, yeah. you can't hide. But I, we had our first meeting, Todd and I, and I said, okay, how, how do you like to run things on a game day? And, and you know, what, what's, what, what, what's the way that you think, you know, and for us to work together and he, and he just. Well, it's of- interesting because he it's so that's, what's different is he would have already been in Belfast and would have had his guy who would have had his, his yep. guy would have done it a certain way. Yep. And that's, it's weird for hockey guys. They like and anywhere they like things to kind of be the same and be the same. Right. So he would have shown up and then all of a sudden you're like, well, this is how I do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'd both been doing it for quite a while by that point, you know? Um, so I said, how do you like to work in general? And he just kind of stopped and paused and looked at me and went, God, be honest, Sully. I like it when shit's a little bit on fire. And I said, we are going to get on just fine. And uh, I always, I've always used the same um, analogy. I'm a big movie guy, right? You know, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. They talk about the pigeons, the the, the deep rollers and the shallow rollers. <laughs> and you have the pigeons that come out of the dive shallow and come out of the dive deep, close to the pavement. And you should never breed two deep rollers because they'll just smash their heads into the pavement, right? Yeah. Todd and I should never work at a live event because we're both <laughs> rollers. <laughs> we, we're playing this brinksmanship game of pull up, pull up, you know? Yeah. And, and how, we, how we haven't gone down in flames like an awful lot of times, I do not know, but it's because he knows what the hell he's doing. And, and you know, he, he, tries, he has always trusted me, which I'm very grateful for because... I think that's a thing that he doesn't find easy to do. And, and then he, you know, there's only a certain number of people that he that he can open up to and talk. And if he wants to criticize a player or something in the organization, he can do that to a few people and he knows it goes no further. Yeah, yeah that's 
You have to have those well, people you don't have that you release to valve, you know, you'll just bang, you'll go, you'll go, you'll you explode. have to be able to talk to people about some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was great for me because I learned more about the game, you know, uh, than I've ever learned probably just, you know, working alongside him and stuff. But Hey, uh, do you I, realize I, that I got a whole thing of notes here that I scrambled together and we've hardly looked at them. Oh, you know sorry, right? man. No, it seems like it's been too long, right? We haven't even looked at the notes and like we've been talking yeah. for a while. Can I get into my notes now? Yeah, you quick fire me, man. Go on. Are you ready? Yep. You're born and raised in Cardiff. So yep. what's it like? You're 49 years old. What's it like back then? I bet you there's not even Cardiff Bay around. Uh, Cardiff Bay was a place that you wouldn't go. No. Cardiff and it Bay is a place I would go now. <laughs> it is a place that the police never used to go a great deal. Oh, it was a bad place. Oh, it was fun and games, games and fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a real holdover. It still is. <laughs> real holdover. For, it was the docks then. It wasn't the bay. It oh. was still, there were still working docks, a lot more working docks there than there, than there are now. And, um, and within, you know, within docking environments come docking people and, and the legacy of hundred, over a hundred years of coal being shipped out and in. And workers coming from all over the world meant that it was a real melting pot. Yeah. Um, so no, there was no Cardiff Bay, but um, yeah, I mean, we had there were there was no Great Fires Road, uh, you know, with like Tiger Tiger and all that kind of stuff. There was maybe there was one late night bar, and that was Kiwis, which was in a different place. Is that right? And, so and the, the odd other club, like play, a few places like Lloyd's and a couple of others, but not n- nothing like it is now. Nothing, no shops. Just because other than well, I tell of- you, like when I, I think it was the second year, 15, 16 season, the start of that season, the world cup of rugby was going on in Cardiff yeah. and man, what a, that city was alive. Oh, it's <laughs> it like was a, crazy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's got a heartbeat and a pulse all of its own when that happens, but it's not even just, I, you, when you say heartbeat and a pulse, like, man, I went to Matthew Myers testimonial. We have the first night, and then it's the day of the game. I think it's Saturday morning. I wake up after a, a late night with everybody, and um, it's like 11 a.m., and I'm at the Clayton. And you look outside, <laughs> you you look outside and like there is a pulse and a heartbeat. And it was everybody was outdoors having pints, having lunch, having whatever. And everybody was having fun. And I was like, look at the, look at the people like having fun here. <laughs> Do you know, one of the great success stories of the devils under Todd is it's the first uh, incarnation of the devils that have ever not worried about when Wales are playing for scheduling. Cause we used to avoid it like the plague because Playing a game on the day of an international was a death knell for ticket sales. Oh, because nobody would come. 400 people. Game over. Done. Forget it. Um, If you've got a good traveling support, you'd be doing okay. But now they regularly sell out on the days that Wales have a home game. And that's... Isn't that wild? Because when Wales has a home game, how many do they have? It's not that many. To have that huge of a stadium taking up that much real estate. and a half thousand people. And about 200,000 in the city center. But like how many days of the year is it? It's only about. Oh, not many. They, they play four. We just played four games in November. And then we either have two home games in the six nations, which is what we've got next year or three. 
So yeah, seven games maybe at most. Maybe and that's a, and then that team. whole huge stadium exists because of the seven games a year. <laughs> that's where it started, but now it's it exists for Beyonce and Adele and Ed Sheeran and the WWE and. Hey, I tell you, just, just very quickly, I tell you one of my funnier door stories. There was a guy that had been banned from a previous venue I was working for life. He was a very nasty character and he'd attacked a, a, a woman in there. He came back to the door and he cre- created with me. It didn't go well for him. Um, and the following week, he came back and started having to go again. It, it was my buddy's last day for the company and for the job. And he was itching for some. Some action. action, yeah. So I, just up. I went, it's all yours. So anyway, it was the day of the WWE clash in the castle, right? So there's like th- millions of, of wrestling fans everywhere, all in costume and stuff. And uh, so he gets into it with, with this guy on the door. And uh, that went very badly for him. And he, we've had a call come across the radio. The police want to attend. They want to they arrest him. So can we detain him? So yeah, so... My, my, my friend Sam uh, restrains him on the ground, face down. He's still wriggling and juggling. So I, I then got involved. And the very seconds that we pinned him to the floor, out of nowhere comes a guy in a full WWE referee's costume, <laughs> slides in two-footed and goes, one, two, three. <laughs> and then just gets up and fucks off. And that was the last we saw him. <laughs> it was brilliant. That is so awesome. And yeah. that's what I loved about, uh, I guess, living in the UK was how much fun everybody was having, right? You yeah. you go out in Cardiff on a Saturday night, <laughs> you end up at Chippy Lane. Everybody's having a pretty swell time. So oh, yeah. over your time in Cardiff. Skating from one end to the other on the polystyrene cottons. Just on all the chips that just get <laughs> stuck into the, the cobblestone, right? So oh. how often you've been to Chippy Lane? What would you order if you go there? Well, uh, I've always been a Dorothy's guy. Yeah. And, but I've never been the biggest chicken curry off the floor guy. So what's interesting to me is I didn't know what any of the names were to any of the restaurants. Okay. Restaurants. God bless you. Whatever you want to call them. Yeah. When I would get down there, I would have no idea what any of them are called. And then I remember Dee sent me a picture this year. And it was it was of an establishment. I'm like, I don't, I don't, what are you sending me? What is this? He goes, Are you serious? That's Dorothy's on Chippy Lane. I'm like, been there for like 60, 70 years. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to know what it looks like in the daylight? <laughs> However, from talking to a couple of colleagues on the doors and other bars, like Cody Ugly and a few places, there's a place just opposite the end of Chippy Lane that's called, easy to remember, the Chippy. And it's awesome they do great stuff they do they do the whole nine yards everything from the the curry and the kebabs and the burgers and the, you know the, everything where is know, it all those good things so you know the prince of wales the weather spoons just opposite o'neill's okay yeah and then the the, the there's coyote ugly there it's right sandwiched the only the only fast food place on st mary street that oh, right there it's called the chippy um wow. and they they put I don't, they put some kind of class A drug in, in the coating of the fried chicken. I don't know what they do, but it's, it's fried yeah, chicken. So that's what you're going to go have, with. If you're out late night, get, that's where you're going to and you're going to get the fried chicken, eh? Probably the chicken and chips. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what's interesting for me in the shed is I was out of the game for years is now I have 
on the wings of an army. Um, I have folks that send me whatever they order at Chippy Lane. So whenever they get okay. there and they're they're running amok, they just screenshot the photo or they take a photo of what they're eating and they send it to me. Time. Right. And they're like, I feel like Wally needs to see this. And sometimes I disagree with their picks, but sometimes I don't. It makes me hungry. Right. <laughs> you know what we need? We need the Cardiff version of the Burgenator. The Burgenator. What's that? Well, Kevin Bergen was a guy that played over here for a while. Great, great guy, great player, great teammate. Um, would jump in with anybody and, and drop the gloves to stick up for a teammate. Really classy guy. And he, there's a, a, a the mother of all uh, chippy meals in Nottingham is named after him, Kevin Bergen, the Bergenator. We need to come up with a Wally and get one of these guys to just put it on the menu. And then there'd be the Wally on the menu on Chippy Lane. Like the Wally burger or... No, it's not going to be a goddamn burger. It's going to be a kebab. The Wally Bob. What it's going to be is going to be a kebab with fries, right? Yeah. You know? Oh, it's just for the German bread that you were talking about that gets wrapped over, is that the... Well, they're not doing that on Chippy Lane. So can't ask for that. That's not... I don't know if that's in their wheelhouse at that time of day. (laughs) (laughs) They're no, taking really a little bit more that. care into your kebabs. Three thirty in the morning on a Sunday morning after an international, they're not really doing a la carte in Dorothy. Uh, they're trying. They're it's a little bit more about speed there, right? They're yeah. just trying to get it at the food out oh, the yeah. door at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what would your order be? That the chicken. I'd probably at go the other the place. chicken and chips from from the chippy because you get the you get the proper chippy chips, and then a great southern fried chicken. It's perfect. Any sauce on that? No, no, just as is. Straight up. The coating is to die for, man. Well, um, it was like, I don't know. I I don't live in big cities very often, but when I did live in Cardiff and that World Cup was going on for the rugby Mm -hmm. and they put the rugby ball in the castle. and like, Oh, yeah. Wasn't that cool? Awesome. Absolutely brilliant. One of the greatest marketing things I've ever seen. There was a rugby ball, folks, in the castle that had been there forever, right? And they and it made just it... appeared like nobody knew it was coming. There was no hype. It was just, it was perfect. Yeah, like, it was, like, you know, it was really cool. And... and like that city was on fire. Like there is always a pulse and a beat to that city. But those days when you get the people from the other countries all over the place. And they close all the streets. And everybody just gets along and has fun. Fun is fun, right? Yeah, it's a lot like hockey. Yeah, you may as well just with, unfortunately get along. with the football, we have to have designated pubs. You're a Wales pub or a, an England pub and stuff, and it's just, it's just not quite the same. So, um, back to growing up around there, how did you get into hockey? How do you get into the Devils? Uh, well, my girlfriend at the time had a really, really busy social life. She was like playing women's baseball, and she was a brownie leader, and she used to do a load of like you know after school extracurricular stuff um she was about 18 19 i was about 16 at the time and i just never saw her and the only thing that she did that i could really join in with was the hockey she'd been a hockey fan since day one so i said well you know can i come to a game and and all the rest of it and then you know here we so go. you're just trying to get a tickle well it's you know, God loves a trier. Well, well yeah, you got to give it a, you got to give her a shot, right? 
Um, and here we are 33 years later and we're, we're ancient history and the devil's <laughs> the front center still. So, you know, good call, really. Yeah, no, but it's That's interesting why. how when people haven't been around hockey before, like in the UK, it's still possible. Canada, yeah. everybody knows what hockey is. Everybody knows that's what everybody's doing on Saturday night. Like yeah. in the UK, there's still a market out there that that you guys could get bigger. Oh yeah, it, with mm-hmm. the right, it just needs the right facilities and more. You know, like Todd was talking about having a, have guys on the ice with partitions for dressing rooms. If we could get more arenas, even our size, with just like half a dozen dressing rooms, more tournaments would come. And then you know the Europeans would come over, and then it would just get it would get bigger. But the, wow. the level of, the level of expertise that's being put into the the junior levels now compared to even ten years ago is you know but it used to be just dads of a player. And I find it so dads, bizarre. It's a, huge, it's a huge amount of work to do. So I you know I have I have a lot of respect for them for committing to it. But now you've got guys like Hendo. You know, yeah. it's a different level now. No, and it, it is, and. Uh... What I find very interesting, though, and why I do keep saying into this Disney movie is that those that core of GB hockey players that have come together to win back to back golds and make it to the top division of hockey. For how many hockey players there were in Great Britain and how minor hockey is not anything like it is over here and the competition's not good. You see the guys I have on are scoring 10 goals a game and their kids like that. Those guys have all come together and made that team. I do think that team, great Britain, ice hockey, those guys together and the Cardiff devils, 2014, 15 are like the tightest teams I've ever seen, you know, oh, and, and the under 11 concurrent Canucks last year. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, the, the GB guys, I mean, that, and that's what really blows my mind about that that year going back, the, the sort of Coke Devils thing. So on one team, we had Jonathan Phillips, uh, Matthew Myers, Bill Hill, Stevie Lyle, you know, like crazy guys that would never be in one team now because you just couldn't afford them. But they mm. were, you know, this is when they just discovered the gym and stuff. <laughs> it was it was amazing. Uh- Oh, gyms don't do that much, Sully. You got to get off well, that stuff, man. They do if you're British, though. It, 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 you, it was a real handicap if you weren't the size of a house. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but like that that team, that that core of all those players have done that. Yeah. Is, what what a squad, right? Um, so great to see those guys celebrating. I mean, you see what it means to them. Oh, you went back-to-back goals and get there, and then you get to see them playing against the real squads. But... What's your favorite restaurant or bar in Cardiff? Well, hold on. Uh, We're going to ask what decade it is, right? Because you've been there a while. I have been there a while. Mm. Uh, what about well, right alcohol, now? If you're going out, now. if you're going out, oh, you're alcohol free now. I am. Um, I had a pretty rough spell there for a while. I battled a few demons and the demons managed to bring them, uh, present themselves in a pint glass. Um, so I had some tough times, okay, uh, which speaks to things like about how good a friend I know people like Todd can be, right? Um, but that aside, you're doing uh, better now, though. Oh, awesome now, yeah, great. Two and a half, three years now, just well, I, I tell people that they've had too much for a living, it's hilarious. Um, 
I would say probably the greatest time to link up the devils to a bar was when uh, the bar that is now Dirty Martini, uh, right down by the Clayton there, you might have seen it, it's been out by Walkabout. It used to be called Life, and this was long before most of the other bars were in Cardiff. And it was run by a good friend of mine, and he became a sponsor. And every Sunday after the home games, because it was always a Sunday, which suited him because it wasn't affecting his Saturday night trade. Devils fans, Devils players, packed the place out. And then and all then of a sudden, it, he's got a busy Sunday night. And then every once in a while, what they would do is they they do a power play. And the bar was free for 60 seconds. Shut up. Straight up. Free for 60 seconds. And everyone would just fucking... So, uh, that, you know? uh, so it's just that. if you can get one poured in time or what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but they did like they did this like five, six times a night <laughs> after a game. The, the the amount of the amount of lack of productivity that must have taken place in Cardiff workplaces on a Monday morning must have been, you know, like the, the stuff of legends. But that's hockey. Life was something else. Yeah, I met met the Wales team in there for the first time, met the Lions in there. Met a lot of a lot of like local celebrities and international ones and stuff. So that yeah, I'd say life probably. That's really cool. I've never heard of that place. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're going back now, mind we are going. We're going back to the original rink. So it's a while ago. So um, you have been through three rinks um, in Cardiff, eh? Yeah. They're all yeah, different, eh? Uh, yeah. I mean. You're a lot closer to Chippy Lane in the first one, which I think it it would have been harder to fans to, I think, get there from out of town because it would have been hard to park and stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But then once you're there, Chippy Lane's right there. But then I think Cardiff Bay makes sense because you can all park there. You can get in the building, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we got the tent. We got the arena. And we've got what I've always called the cathedral. You know, that was my place of worship. The, the first, first one? First place I ever sang the anthem for the Devils. Uh, first place I ever played the drum in the crowd. That used to be my gig. Really? Um, oh, yeah, for years. Um, for 10, 15 years, I played the drum there. Uh, when did you start working for them then? How did you start working for them? Uh well, in my history of... Um, if you're just a drummer boy in the crowd, usually you don't get hired. <laughs> mate, there were games that were going to be quiet or that were quieter in atmosphere where I was still drummer boy when I was general manager. <laughs> Shut up. You're the not. general manager of the team and you're out I had, there I had, drumming I had, the drum. I'd, I'd, written, I'd written my program notes for the inside cover, right? Like Todd does. So that was that. My weekly, my weekly roundup. And then I'd go up the box thirteen sometimes and play the drum. <laughs> hey, is it, these we had no budget, like we had no nothing. Um, I mean, my favorite—I think my favorite ever story was about that year. So the ownership had been taken over from the previous guy who went into Sheffield, and he owed the players thousands and thousands. And the fans did this legendary raising of £70,000 in six months over a summer. And we were just posting checks out to players. It was crazy. And uh, we we held a game with players from nine different countries in 10, 11 days notice from start to finish against the GB team. Um, 
Yeah, just I mean, random yeah. players from other. Sim, Simsy always says, right, and he used to say this to us: "Don't fuck about with the Devils fans because they'll stand outside for an entire season in the rain." We did that when we fought with the first ownership that screwed the players over and didn't pay them for a couple of months. We spent an entire, I say we, not every single person, but I would say probably 90 to 95% of the, the existing fan base either boycotted or stood outside the arena until face-off and then went to the Springbok bar for an entire year. Really? No kidding. Don't mess with Devils fans, man. They're and serious. what was that over from not paying the players? Screwing the guys, screwing the players. 70 grand he owed them. 72 and, and a half. 72 and, and a half, but who's counting, right? And you guys uh, raised that money to keep we raised the- that money in about six to eight months. <laughs> the, the, the supporters club, um, of which I was then on the board. It was a limited and people company. wonder why I like playing at Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, it was a limited company, so I was on the board of that, and then I was involved when the new owners took over. Um, and they said, Well, how can we get you involved? I said, Well, I don't know. They said, what can you do? I said, I don't know. What can I do? <laughs> and it was it was a bizarre situation. And I was prepared to work for less than any actual real general manager with, you know, credentials and uh, knowledge. Um, <laughs> so uh, I got the job. I got the gig. Ridiculous. Honestly, didn't have a Scooby-Doo. Learned off the veterans. White Ware, Ivan Matulik, uh, Blair Scott. And how long did you do it for? One year? Just the one year. We were supposed to have three years, but we the same owner. So came then, back what and, happens after that? Then, uh, well, the same owner that screwed we we got rid of because he screwed the players, screwed us out of our second and third year on a technicality that we weren't allowed to be to use the lo- logos of the Cardiff Devils. So therefore, we couldn't be the Cardiff Devils. So get out. Um. So then, I had a year off, and then. Uh, it so then, how did you guys stay the Cardiff Devils? Because he owned the trademarks in the deal. So how did you get them back that we are the Cardiff Devils? Eventually they were bought back. Oh. Eventually they were bought back. There's, uh, Yeah, it's that's, it would take another 230-odd episodes to explain the ownership uh, wrangles of the Cardiff Devils, mate. And uh, isn't it wild how it's all worked out, though, and we are where we are? It's incredible. I mean, and that that's the year that I end up there and that it all just seems to be turning around is when I roll into town. My brutal body. And we found gold. It's crazy. Oil was the best we could hope for. And we found a a complete seam of gold. Hmm. Uh, It was just, it was, it was insane. You know, and that's where the whole wings of an army thing comes from, because Steve King's company is called Alaris, which is Latin for on the wings of an army. Yeah. So when he explained that to me the first night, that's when I started thinking about songs for wings of an army. And, and so that's where the whole went on the wings of an army came from. Well, <laughs> now the travel company's back and they're on the wheels of an army. Well, what's interesting to me when you we talk about the wheels, wings of an army and that and like the video you made and like you showed the passion the fans and all that is like um with what's going on with what i'm doing just talking to people in my shed like literally just talking to people on my computer um and sending it is all the cool shit's happening all over the world is it's on the wings of an army is is my hockey family and it keeps growing and like 
I don't, I don't really get it, but I think it's really cool. Um, and like it is on the wings of an army. It's yeah, but my it's not, hockey it's family that keeps growing. It's not a surprise, Wally, because anyone that's that's met you or talks to you about the game and and just life in general, you, you're a genuine person, right? And that comes across. And I think that you have a genuine love for the game and the history of the game, the cut and the passion for the game. And and you get guys talking. I mean, I've rambled on for far longer than I ever expected to to have done. Um, I haven't even looked at that. the notes yet. Jeepers. But like you know, you you get the best out of people. You still haven't got the killer story out of Todd, though. I know that's true. Yeah, uh, but I, so that much. is, I, you know, what's weird is I do like trying to get the best out of people. And when I was a teammate, I tried to get the best out of my teammates. And now that I'm into like trying to be a coach is like, I want to get the best out of people. And whether that's yeah. the real world, whether that's coaching actual hockey, like that's, you may as well be the best you can with what you're doing, yeah. right? <laughs> Otherwise, why bother? Well, why would you bother if you're not going to do good at it, right? Sucking sucks. <laughs> it really does. It really, really does. Yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah when I look at these notes, though, um, we have gone through a lot of these. So you have you been to any games this season? I haven't, no. No, no, I've been working pretty much every Saturday and every midweek game and every Sunday. And jeepers, that's busy. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't a chance, yeah. But it's been such a huge part of your life for so long. And for me, like this may sound silly, and we're getting to the end of it, but yeah, you changed my life. But like bringing up the coming over for the UK All Stars, um, and then that gets to Todd and he hears that there's yourself and other fans wanting me back. And then all of a sudden there's a Wally night happen. And I had, I I had a tough time after hockey. I had a tough time. I tried to be a new person. I had been Wally my whole life. I had been this hockey guy my whole life and then hockey ended. And I thought I had to be this different person that like wore a suit to work that was all serious that was this guy NBA, with an, this guy with an mba you know and it was like once i got comfortable with what i was doing and i met the people i was working with i'm like i can just and then i go over there and do what i did and then work finds out about it over here and everybody's fine with it and everybody just has to laugh and i'm like so i can be myself like I, yeah. i'm allowed to be wally and then priceless, right? Now that I get to be Wally all day, every day, man, I get to be myself, and I, it, it, it's something else. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear, man. It's good. I, I mean, I, 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 I can always totally understand why so many of the guys end up in something like the fire service. Yeah, because they're part of a team, and yeah, and they're living together and sleeping, and, and but it's eating. not easy to do it, right? Like it's oh, not right. easy to get no. those jobs, and like all these guys that get out of the game, and like for the guys I call shed guys or hockey guys that play, you know, we just love playing, and we're good enough, and we keep yeah. doing it, and then you get to a point where you can't, and it's like not all of us, yeah, get a, get out easy on equal terms it's it's always fascinating me there's there's a guy that used to play in cardiff it was part of a, a duo 
and the, the most some of the most successful British players that there's ever been. And um, he has no compunction about never referring to his career, never really looking for any, uh, you know, admiration or praise or or any. It's like as if it almost never happened. He just does what he does now, and if uh, that works for him, uh, then good for him. But I've never ever heard of that with anybody else. I mean, he's but and that's kind of what it was like, right? Like that's kind of. And like I came back and I get on a plane and I come back. I'm living in a new town and like I didn't know people. I didn't have the connections. And it was like, what now? Like, yeah. like everything I've done where in Cardiff, people would help me get a job. Well, I don't live in Cardiff anymore. <laughs> no. You know, well, Cardiff, yeah. nobody gives a fuck when you get back. <laughs> Rent who? <laughs> yeah. Nobody gives a shit how many goals you scored. (laughs) (laughs) And it is really hard. And like, I'm sure it's hard for you. Read that. (laughs) But I am, I'm sure it's hard for you not being a part of of the devils this year. And you haven't even been to a game. I I thought I was coping better than I was until, until Joey walked in. Right. And, and I'm that, so that was, that if I, if, a... I, if I mess that up, I'm sorry, but like no, you no, are no, who you no. are. And like everybody no, that kept great. bringing things back to me, it was like my hockey life kept pulling and pulling and pulling. And then eventually it's like, well, this is who I am. This, this yeah. is the guy I am. This is what I've been my yeah. whole life. I've been the hockey Absolutely. guy. Yeah. So why am I trying to pretend to be someone I'm not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, well, you know, I, I've always p- described myself as the button pushing monkey. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the best you can do is house train the monkey, I think, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but like, seriously, like, you're more than that. You, the video you made for my family that they have for Wally Knight, um, the videos you make for the fans that they get to see and the different players that get to be in them is like, you don't realize how cool it is when you watch those videos and you see yourself in them and you're like, holy shit, who even took that video of me doing that or scoring that goal? And it's, yeah, yeah. you see it and you see the passion when you score, you see the passion from the fans. And then you see like how much this silly game actually means to everybody. Right. Yep. Oh yeah. Like, like no other sports I've seen is yeah. you get, you get immersed, you know, nobody, nobody I've ever met who likes, who's, who's a hockey person likes hockey a bit. Right. You're, you're like, you're all in. Yeah. Or you are not, you yeah. know, and, and if you're all in, you pretty much, you know, cut the arm off, says Cardiff devils in the middle, you know, red, <laughs> white, blue birthday cakes and, 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 you know, wearing the laces and the caps and the face paint and, the, you know, you, you don't, you can't, if you're a devil's fan, as much or more than everybody always says we got the best fans ever, right? Everybody always says that every club and every club has great fans. Every club has some right maroons, but every club has good fans. But if, if, if you're a Cardiff devil, you, you you're never a little bit pregnant. <laughs> you know? No, I don't know. A little you're, bit. You're all in. You are. It's, it's a binary. I think situation. then you've already been all in. It's if a binary you're already pregnant, like you know. <laughs> uh, but you're right, though, and it 
I don't know. It was weird for me. Like when I showed up at that big blue tent and then you get to that big blue tent bar and then you start winning games. And it was like, I had never felt more like at home. Like, like it, it, every, it was like a family. Like you, you that had was the, the one thing that was the one thing you actually disappointed me on. Cause what? I used to try and always be at the rink when players saw it for the first time, because I used to love that. They'd oh. walk in and they, they'd been sold whatever bill of rights they'd been sold by Franny or G or whatever. And they'd walk in and they'd go, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, remember, I, I still remember when like I had been in Sounder and, you were like, oh, and then you're in a little mini NHL rink. And then, you know, you do well in Denmark, you win the championship, and then you're like, okay, NBA, Cardiff, here we go. You show up, and, like, we're on a bus with all the players that all showed up on the same flight or whatever, and you see the rink, and you're like, that's where we're playing? <laughs> like, yeah. that's the rink? <laughs> so you imagine playing in there, right, as an opposition player against a guy an inch taller than Lou, right? Yeah. Who's... As solid as Hendo and 240 pound. Yeah. And that's no, I know. I, yeah, I can picture it. Like, it that's was, why our ring, like the size of the pad was, because it wasn't even an NHL. It was 56 by like 26 and a half or something. Well, what do I find interesting about Big Lou is that he can skate, move around, oh, and yeah. he can, Mobile. he can be, he could been the big blue tent guy. He could be the big ice guy. He can be any guy. I find it interesting. He's in the EIHL and North America didn't do different things for him. Cause well, I mean, you know, for a living now, I, I, every once in a while, I have to have a conversation with prejudice um, with someone, um, but I could never do it on skates, but I never understood why when he's so documented with Lou, why everybody doesn't just dive onto him and try and tie him up because why would you give him the space to throw that first punch? That first, even the jab, like he just totals guys. I, I don't get it. Like he, well, I don't know he, about the fighting stuff. It's I'm like not, it's like Todd says, he's almost too tough. He why well, nobody will fight him anymore. No, right? Nobody no. would want to. Why would and, you? And, and you are unfortunately in a situation where because he's so dominant, it's uh oh hello. Yeah, yeah, it's Dops on the phone. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, what how you know. But anyway. those are the type of guys you need on your team. Oh. Like, they make guys like me feel way bigger and stronger. Talk about a whispering assassin as well, like softly spoken and very quiet guy. And oh, just, he's a fantastic fella. It was great fun. coming back to Cardiff. I can't believe I never saw you though. No, oh, well, we'll fix it next time, man. Yeah. Um, but seriously, um, throw some dots with us. Seriously, so if I can recap some of the things you've done for myself and my family is Colby's been on the jumbotron lots of times um, <laughs> for the pregame or the intro video, right? You yep. made a Wally video. You made another one. I remember you said to me um, and like that you do that for players and that they have those memories. Like, I don't know. We're just all out there living, playing hockey, being hockey guys but then when there's someone like you that can document it for us and that I have that video for my children, it, yeah, you know? 
No, it's it's very kind of you. Thanks. Yeah, no, Wally. It's the best. It's the best possible uh, response you could hope for, really. You know. Yeah. Well, I'd thank be happy you if so a couple of fans liked it, but if 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 it means something to your family, that's huge for me. Well, and it's incredible what you do for the players, the fans, everybody, and you've done a top-notch job for a long time. And this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Dolly and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band. I'm like Pete, I'm a band. 